Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Greetings and salutations, everyone. It's Rich Wilson. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Live or Just Prospect Podcast. And today we are talking the Atlanta Braves, the world champion Atlanta Braves, I guess I should uh, refer them to. And given how the season that they had, which was very odd, you know, they didn't play well for four months of the season. Then they caught fire and made it all the way to the World Series and won the World Series. Is this a team that can repeat? Well, sure. They've got all the elements to do that. You know, do they re-sign some of the their late season stars like Jorge Soler and and others? Or, you know, are they going to start to promote some of these young players who have more upside? And that's the great thing about the Braves. Not only do they have a strong major league organization, they've got a really strong minor league organizations with guys that can help as soon as next season. At the top of the list is a controversial uh, player, and I say that because he is one of the best defensive players at any position in the minor leagues, and that's Christian Pache. Since many people listen to this podcast for fantasy help, um, you know Christian Pache defense has always overwhelmed his offensive performance, and a lot of fantasy players look at him as you know just a defensive guy that can't help. And granted, the the floor is probably Kevin Kiermeyer. Bache is probably in the same ballpark, in the same team photo as Kevin Kiermeyer is defensively. I think Pache has a little bit more upside than that. First of all, he's a plus runner, and Kevin Kiermeyer's a double plus runner, so they're they're both very fast. Kevin Kiermeyer, a few years ago, on the sprint speeds, he was there with Trey Turner as one of the fastest guys in Major League Baseball. I'm not sure Christian Pache is that fast, but they're both uh, have speed. It's odd that Kiermaier has never stolen more bases than he has, um, probably because he can't stay healthy, and that's always been the big knock on him. Pache's big knock is can't hit. Uh, the approach still needs a lot of work. There's a few too many strikeouts. But I've seen the guy play a number of times. There's definitely plus speed there. He's got great bat speed. The power definitely shows up uh, in batting practice. And it will show up from time to time in games, though it's more doubles power. I think as he matures, he's still a young kid. 
I think as he matures, I, I think you're going to see that power really start to develop. Now the question is, is he going to hit enough? And I, I don't know. I, the swing is pretty simple. He does chase a few too many pitches. So, <clears throat> you know, the approach needs work and he needs a two strike approach as well. So, um, Got his chance again with the Braves to start off the season and wasn't good. Hit 111 with a 206 slug and a handful of uh, plate appearances. And I think that's again depressed his value from a. Um, from a fantasy standpoint with a lot of just traditional fantasy players. Maybe those guys don't play in dynasty leagues. And I guess I'm here to say I like the upside enough that if somebody is down on Christian Pache, I'm buying. Uh, you know, I think there is a chance for him to hit 15 or 15 plus home runs, steal 20 plus bases. But again, it might come with a 250, 260 batting average and, you know, a 310 on base percentage, which puts him probably towards the back of the lineup. I mean, I think that's would be the floor he's going to play because of the defense. But that might put him in the back of the, the lineup, which is why I think some of his stolen bases might be depressed. Then again, we move to supposedly the designated hitter in uh, the National League. So that probably helps all of these guys who, who are fast like Pache and struggle to hit. Uh, at least you're in a lineup that you don't have a pitcher. So... You know, I, I kind of like it. I think there's going to be some upside with his batting average and on base percentage. I think it will get better at time over time. But I think that's the struggle he's going to have. And, you know, I, I think we can I can project that. I, I, I think it's probably going to be more of a 260 type of hitter with a 320 or so on base percentage. So, again, does that get him at the top of the lineup? I doubt it. So I, I think his I think realistically he's going to hit at the back of the lineup, which again, that maybe 30, 30 stolen base potentially has probably is more like twenty stolen bases. So that let, let me let me break it down. If he gets full time at bats in two thousand twenty one, I think you could probably see twelve to fifteen home runs with fifteen to twenty stolen bases. I think with a 240 batting average and a 300 on base percentage, I think that might be the kind of player that he is. So yeah, some good speed and some power uh, that's there. I think as he matures, you're going to speed the, see the speed go way up. Excuse me, see the power numbers increase. He could be a 20 20 home run guy and a 15 to 20 stolen base guy. But again, it's all going to depend on how much he hits. I think at his top, it's like a 263, 23, 30 guy, which is a really good ball player, but a guy that's going to probably always put pressure on your batting average and on base percentage. But a kid who has a chance and his best year is a chance to go 2020 or very close to that. So I, I still like him. I, I, I'm still pretty bullish on the player. If you tell me now, nah, Wilson, he can't hit. Okay, I get it. Uh, I think there's enough mechanics there uh, that he just needs to to play more. And, you know, spent some time on the injured list did not help this year. <clears throat> At number two was Michael Harris. And, yes, I put Michael Harris in front of Drew Waters. And I know there's tons of people out there who just love Drew Waters because I hear it from you guys all the time. And I said at midseason that if you like Drew Waters, then you're really going to like Michael Harris. Because in my opinion, Michael Harris is a better version of Drew Waters. Now, should Michael Harris 
the real question is should not should he be ahead of Drew Waters should be should he be ahead of Christian Pache and I think you can make that argument had a great season in 2021 it's sorry my uh throat's a little choked up because I just woke up and it is a lovely 526 in the morning here in beautiful Arizona so <clears throat> I apologize for the little raspiness and clearing my throat I'll maybe I'll pause it here and just drink some water and try to clear out my throat but uh, in uh, Atlanta excuse me in high A 101 games 420 plate appearances seven home runs 27 stolen bases with a great strikeout rate of 18% and a walk rate of 8.3%. If you compare him to Drew Waters, I have been looking at Drew Waters. He was a uh, strikeout rate of 30.9%, granted AAA, 36% last in 2019 in AAA, 26.7% in AA in 2019. And if you want to compare high A to high A, it was a 24.8% strikeout rate and a 6% walk rate. So Michael Harris is definitely has a leg up on his ability to make contact. And I think they both have speed and power. I mean, who's got a little bit more speed? Who's got a little bit more power? I think Drew Waters probably has a little bit more speed than uh, Harris, but I think Harris has the, the greater power upside. So I'm pretty bullish on Michael Harris. I'm as a top 35 outfielder, so number two, number three outfielder. And again, you can make the argument that he should be the number one guy on the list. I just still feel like Michael, that uh, uh, Christian Pache, just because of his defensive ability, I think that gives him a leg up because you know he's going to play. But I, I'm I'm big on Michael Harris. I, he made our uh, hot prospects of the week multiple times uh, this past year. And uh, I, I think there's definitely something there. So if you haven't heard of Harris, it's a guy that should definitely get on your radar. I think he has a chance to have serious fantasy impact. Um, and, you know, again, 2020 type of uh, uh, upside, maybe 20, maybe 1530 type of upside. I think he's going to hit. Uh, with a decent on-base percentage, not a great on-base on percentage. I mean, he's not a guy that that's going to walk a ton. But if you tell me he hits 270 with a 330 on-base percentage uh, with you know 17 home runs and 24 stolen bases, that kind of stat line, once he gets established in the major leagues, I could definitely see that. And that is a very, very good fantasy player. So Michael Harris, kind of all in with Michael Harris. Drew Waters, I've you know, I, I've got the big question. I've had that for the last two years. I get it. He's a fantasy darling. People are looking at 30-30 upside. <clears throat> I totally get that. But as I've uh, have I read through his strikeout statistic, he, he, he strikes out more than 30% of the time, and it's a problem. When he was rolling in 2019 and the Braves were aggressively moving him through the system, let me go back to his... Uh, stat line in 2019 he played in double a and triple a very young when he was through that and then uh, 2018 it was low a and high a so he's been doing two levels a year uh, up until 2021 and when he spent the whole season in triple a and again as he moved up he he had the high babbitt you know, I'm looking at over 400 Babbitt, 436, 429 in both levels in 2019. And that gives the illusion with high batting average that this kid is 
wow, he's going to be a superstar. And he could be. But in 2019 at AAA, you know, it was a 429 batting average of balls in play, which gives him a 271 batting average, a 336 on base percentage, and people just get all excited. But the 36% strikeout rate, or last year the 31% strike rate, that's masking. Uh, you know, that high Babbitt is masking all of that. And last year he hit 240. Last season he hit 240, but it came with a 341 on base, on base for, excuse me, 341 Babbitt. Now you can argue, given his how hard he hits the ball and his his um, his bat speed and his foot speed, that yeah, he's probably going to have. He's not going to be posting a 280 Babbitt very much, right? So it's it. I think once he gets rolling, it could be a 333, 40 type of batting average of balls in play. So he's going to have the ability to handle a higher strikeout rate than many players uh, can. But if you're striking out 31% of the time in AAA, you're going to be striking out at least that much in the major leagues. It's probably going to be higher than that. And I think that puts big question marks on his ability to hit enough. He could very well do what he did in 2021 and hit 240. Um, I think it's going to be worse. But there's power. There's definitely speed. He's definitely got uh, got wheels, but he needs to make better contact. And that's my concern. It's been my concern for the, for the last uh, several years. Uh, it's not that I'm down on Drew Waters. I'm higher on Michael Harris. I'm higher on C- Christian Pache than Drew Waters. But I do get the fantasy upside and the dream of him being a star fantasy player for you guys. And, and I get that. But just know he's got to make better contact. The approach is, needs work too. I mean, he is. Let's see. He's yeah. He's doing a little bit better there. At least he's, he he uh, walked ten percent of the time. And it's funny watching. Uh, let's see, three straight now. Um, Arizona Fall Leagues and two more today. I mean, just inundated with watching baseball. And you see these guys here that are at the Fall League, and so many of them because I watch games all throughout the season. And I see a lot of really bad approaches where guys are just flailing and swinging at everything. Um, this, this, the ability for these players to lay off pitches makes such a difference. Now, then they have to be able to, to swing at strikes. It's funny. I was watching Pedro Leon and I'll, I'll do a podcast in a couple of days and really break this down. It was fascinating. He was a kid that did not swing at pitches out of the strike zone. And that's what you want to see. And as, as guys get more mature, they they they, they get the privilege of, of playing here and there as in a fall league, you don't usually see guys that are flailing. And 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 if you have a walk rate of ten percent, usually you're not flailing up at the strike zone. So I think that's a good sign for like a Drew Waters. And you know, take a look at Pedro Leon, so you get pretty excited that he's he's not chasing pitches you know, he's he's being patient, letting the pitch uh, get into the strike zone. But then the pitch gets into the strike zone. Guess what? He misses it. <laughs> I mean, it's a swing and miss. And it is fascinating to see that type of approach. And so the approach is patient. They know balls and strikes. And, 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 and I think that's where Drew Waters is. But as the ball is getting put into the strike zone, if you're not short to the ball and you have a little bit longer swing, so your load is pretty long, that's where you get a lot of swing and miss. And I think this is the problem that Drew Waters has and the problem that you see with the Pedro Leon, that even though he's not a big guy, he, he takes a huge cut. And there's just a lot of swing and miss in this game at the moment. 
plus Pedro Leon, as you can tell, the the timing is not quite there. But I saw him swing in. I, I didn't see him hit a, a curveball every at bat. I've never seen him hit a, an off-speed pitch at all. I mean, he can hit a fastball, but I've never seen him hit an off-speed pitch. Doesn't chase it out of the strike zone, but in the strike zone, he really struggles hitting that. And that is, uh, you know, that's because the, the swing gets a little long, and that's because probably from him it's a little rust. Going back to Drew Waters, you know, when you're analyzing players, that's the problem with him. The chase is not there, but the ability to hit balls in the strike zone with a little bit longer swing is a problem that he needs to address. And quite frankly, I, I applaud the Braves for not, you know, not promoting him to the major leagues this year. I think the allure would have been to do that because he's one of the top prospects in the game. But instead, they went off and got uh, you know Jorge Soler and Adam Duvall's of the world, and guess what? The world champions. So, you know, it's it's there's probably a an interesting lesson to be learned there. It's when you've got really high end prospects, the you know you want to get them to the major leagues as soon as you can. But there are guys like Wander Franco who can flat out hit, and arguably is the best player on that Tampa Rays team who made it deep into the playoffs, had the best record in the American League, etc. And he's the best player on that because he can hit. Guys like Drew Waters have all that talent and ability, but if they can't hit and he gets down to crunch time at the end of the season, it becomes very, very difficult for you to play those players. So get Drew Waters up into the major leagues. And I think we'll see him sometime next year. Get him into the major leagues in May and June. Let him get accustomed to that. And if... You know, we get deep into the season and, and the Braves look like they're going to make the playoffs again. All of a sudden, he's had some at-bats and some ability to kind of get comfortable. And maybe instead of striking out 35% of the time, he's striking out in the upper 20s by the end of the season. And then all of his skills will play. So I still have Waters as a top uh, 45 outfielder. So I see him as a number three outfielder. But there's definitely some risk there. It's a lot on those top three players. Let me take a quick break and get back and continue on with the list. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, and thinking back to everything I've said, you know, the, the, let me, let me be very positive because I, you know, I, I think these three outfielders, all of them have hair on them. Um, Pache is he's going to hit enough. Drew Waters strikes out too much. Not so, not so much hair, hair with Michael Harrison. Uh, these are three of the best outfield prospects in the game. And the fact that they're all on the same team is pretty darn impressive. So you have to believe all three of them are going to be big leaguers. And if you think about it, probably two of them have a chance, at least two of them have a chance to become full-time regulars just based on the odds and based on what they've done in the major leagues. That's pretty good to go along with Ronald Acuna. You know, you're and, and they're all three, well, uh, Waters and, and Pache are, are just about ready for the big leagues and Harris will be in double A next year. And he's probably ready in 2023. That's pretty darn impressive. And I think some really, quality players coming up for the Braves to continue this run. So again, if you're a Braves fan, you got to like what you got going on. Cause you got three guys that should, I mean, one of them should, should step up to become close to an all-star talent. And another guy should be a help full-time regular. Some other guy will probably be an up and down player. If you just want to look at it statistically, you go back to the Detroit Tigers, big three with Manning, um, Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal. You know, you could have that where you look at three of those and go, one could be a, a big time starter, another guy, uh, you know, a back of the back of the rotation starter, another guy, maybe an up and down guy. And all three of them look like they have a chance to be at least uh, mid rotation starters, if not more. I mean, that's just really hard to do. Could the same thing happen here with the Braves? Yes. And it's pretty cool when you get an organization that has three talents like that at the top of their list. So you got to be pretty excited. If you own him in a fantasy league or if you're a Braves fan, you got to be pretty excited. Another guy that I've never been very high on is Shea, Shea Lang, Langliers, and I think I've been wrong. Uh, when he was drafted, it was the number one draft pick a few years ago, actually 2019. You know, he was known for his defensive game, but there was real questions of whether he was going to hit or not, uh, particularly have any pop. And the Braves have, have really worked with him to add some leverage to his swing. He's gotten a lot stronger. 2021, he selected 498 AA, 22 home runs. So he is rounding into form. Look, he strikes out too much, um, and that's going to be his big problem. So, But the power has developed, and if you tell me he's a 250-320 home run guy with Plus defense, that is a chance to be a, you know, a first division catcher or a top 15 catcher in the league. Now, you also have William Contreras as well, who's also a very good young player. So the Braves have two young catchers that have a chance to be, you know, kind of share that role. And I know from a fantasy standpoint, that's a bit of a bummer. But you get Langliers, who's going to be the better defender, and Contreras, who's going to be the better overall hitter but they could do a Francisca Mejia um, Mike Zunino type of thing where Zunino got three out of the five starts 
well, actually, they probably shared it almost 50-50. And both were viable fantasy catchers. Um, Zunino probably a top 15 catcher just because of the huge power he had and the Babbitt-driven batting average that helped him. But I had Francisco Mejia as a number two catcher in one league. I was very happy. As a number two catcher, I thought that was fine. You know, or do the Braves actually pick one and say, well, one of you guys is going to be our number one catcher and the other guy is going to be the backup, true backup, or we're going to move and trade from depth. That could happen as well. But it's good to see Shea Langlair's offense developing. Again, Does he is he the catcher of the future for the Braves? I think the Braves pitchers are really going to like throwing to him. I think there's you could see a real push for that, particularly if his offensive game continues to uh, to move along. If you think about it, the Braves could be strong enough offensively. They could pull, you know, a, a Martin Maldonado type of thing where, look, I don't care what Martin Maldonado hits. He's, gonna, he's a big, strong kid. So he's going to run into 15 home runs a year. Uh, but we're going to play him because he's one of the best catchers, defensive catchers in the league. And all of our pitchers love throwing to him. Part of the reason he's he's Latin, apparently a very, very good communicator. And the, the young Latin pitchers really love throwing to him. It could be that way with Shea Langliers, where they they carry him and he hits 220-230, a chance to run into 15 to 20 home runs. And they don't care because the pitchers love throwing to him. And William Contreras just gets moved. That could definitely be what, what you see. But I, I think that that could be kind of a role for Shane Langley. Shea Langlayers. His, his ceiling could be 15 to 20 home run guy, struggle at the plate to make good contact, batting average pressure, but defense gets into playing time and he becomes a full-time regular and probably a yeah, you know, 12 to 15th catcher off the board kind of a safe guy that you know what you're going to get and that you're going to get uh, full-time plate appearances from him. Number five is Spencer Strider, who was one of the breakout players in 2021, particularly for the Braves, but I think you can say that overall for uh, for the minor leagues. And look, he even got, he even got uh, as the Braves and everybody else was looking for arms at the end of the season, he actually got a late season promotion. And guess what? Gets a ring. So uh, Christian Pache gets a ring as well. So Spencer Strider has a World Series ring. Uh, and, you know, because of the handful of innings, let's see, it was, well, I don't know how many innings he pitched in the major leagues. Don't have that up. But so who is Shane Langlair? He, excuse me, he was Spencer Strider. He has got the big fastball, walks a few too many uh, batters, 4.1 walks per nine and 14 double uh, A starts. His delivery is simple. He's not a big guy. He's six feet tall. You know, he eventually could go to the bullpen. I think the uh, the Braves definitely want to try to develop him as a starter. But right-handed pitchers who are six feet tall are going to be homer prone. Um, and he doesn't have the big fastball to kind of make up for any kind of mistakes that are out there. So, um yeah, you know, I, I think it's a it's a number three starter or potentially a reliever. At this juncture, I lean towards a, uh, you know, a starter. And we could see him up in 2022 with meaningful games, pitching meaningful games. He will probably start the season in AAA uh, because he went straight from AA to the major leagues. I think he did. Um, so that's that's Spencer Strider. I, I think he should be a guy that's owned. 
think he should be a guy that's under one of those draft and hold leagues. By the way, draft and hold leagues, I'm going to take Michael Harris in the NFC draft and draft champions draft and hold league. I'm going to take him with my 47th pick, 45th pick, something like that. That's that's the guy I want, right? Because I, you know, I think given how quickly he's moving through the system, I would not be surprised if he sees time in the major leagues next season. And I want that speed and power. And Spencer Strider is another one of those guys that I think gets some time in the big leagues in 2022. Number six is Ryan Cusack. Um, He is the Braves' first-round draft pick in 2021. I write that he is a large human. He's 6'6", 235 pounds. He's definitely bigger than 235 pounds. He's got the big fastball, touches triple digits, uh, 16 and a third innings. He basically was ridiculous, 34 strikeouts. So 16 and a third innings. So 16 times 3 is... uh, Let's see, 16 times 3, it's too late. It's 48 innings, so it's 49 batters, and he struck out 34 of them. (laughs) It's kind of stupid, right? He walked four guys, so he's got great stuff. He doesn't have a really good change-up. You know, is he going to, like, blow through the minor leagues with that? I don't know. It was the complex league, so let's tamp down our expectations. But, look, it was a big... It was a pretty impressive uh, start to, you know, as a pr- pretty impressive start to his professional career. A guy who throws hard, needs to develop that third pitch. And the Braves, again, they've done a fairly good job at developing some of these pitchers. Now, granted, they had, I think, probably 20 potential big league arms back five or six years ago, and three or four of them have finally made it. So that's, you know, you can look at that as not being great odds, but that's actually pretty good, right? That's many times what you have to do. And, I mean, even, um, oh, Kyle, what's his face? Kyle Wright even looked pretty good in, in the World Series for a few innings. So maybe he can become a legitimate major leaguer uh, over time. But Ryan Cusick, I like him. You know, if I'm in one, if I'm doing my supplemental drafts, it's a guy that I would probably target in the third or fourth round. One of those kind of guys. Kyle Mueller, I love Kyle Mueller. He's got the plus fastball slider. If you take a look at Statcast, it's a very high spin rate. Even he was up, I think, after. Um, in fact, I know so after the sticky substance stuff was removed, and still had a very high spin rate. Doesn't have a change up. He's a big guy, doesn't always throw strikes. Um, I think he's the perfect guy to move into a bullpen, and I have his upside as a closer, and I think he is a perfect guy to move into that closer role. Braden Shoemake didn't have a good season. Uh, he was the uh, the first-round draft pick, I believe, in 2019, um, and, or it was 2018. Yeah, can't remember exactly which year, but it wasn't a good season last last year. Um, let me see here. Let me bring his, uh, I got it sitting right here. So 83 games, he hit 228, 271 on base percentage and a 401 slug in double A. So that's just not good. I mean, it's slug of 401. He's got to be able to do more than that. And even if you take a look at 2000, well, 2019, there was 14 games. He's like 217. So he was just a little overwhelmed, uh, in double A, but Here's the problem. He swings at everything. He has a walk rate of 5%. 
and that's 344 plate appearances and you walk 5% of the time. I mean, that's 17, 18 walks. That's basically once a week. And you just got to walk more than that if you're going to have a big league career. I've seen him play. There's, I mean, He's definitely got a nice swing. It's pretty simple. I'm not sure what's happened in terms of um, you know, his overly aggressive approach. It's disappointing, but it's still, I think, an exciting profile because I think there's going to definitely be some power. I think he'll steal a handful of bases. I mean, he's, he's of average speed, maybe a tick above average. So there's some interesting fantasy... Um, uh, some fantasy skills there. Sounds like he's going to be able to stay at shortstop. There was some concern when he was originally drafted that he'd have to move off of short. It looks like the defense is good enough. So could he be the you know the heir apparent to Dansby Swanson, who is I'm not sure how many more years Dansby Swanson's got left before he becomes a free agent. It's probably about at least two, maybe three years. Um, is Shoemake kind of the heir apparent of that come 2024, 25, and they move on from Swanson? Perhaps. But it was a tough season and one that I'm not quite willing to give up on with Shoemake. Uh, let's see. Number nine comes in at Tucker Davidson. We saw him in the major leagues. Um, I have his ceiling as a top 40 starting pitcher. He's got, he's got good stuff. It's not, he doesn't have the the you know double plus fastball or the great change up or the great slider that can you know is true out pitch that you call that but he has a chance to be a major leaguer and I think a fairly good major leaguer so I, I see him as a you know number three starter maybe a little bit more so Tucker Davison you gotta love the fact that he's from the left side I, I wish he threw harder I wish he had that wipeout slider but he just doesn't. Uh, let me take another break and we get back and let's we're about 31 minutes into this and we'll finish up the list. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Probably the guy at the Arizona Fall League who impressed me the most was Tristan Cassis. Uh, I haven't seen him since 2019. You know, that you heard the... Uh, everything he did in the, in fact, I saw one of his Olympic games and I have to tell you, the guy is going to be a, he's a good player. It's not a great body. He's not all that incredibly athletic, but the swing works. He's very patient at the plate. Great, great bat the ball skills. He's really improved his hit tool tremendously. He's got big time power. Um, he's a good first baseman. I mean, again, he, he doesn't look great in a uniform. He's not that he's chunky or anything. He's just, uh, you know, just not as athletic as you would like to see. But that guy looks like he's going to hit and looks like he's going to have some power. And I tell you, how he carries himself on the field is pretty darn impressive. He's got that alpha male kind of swag that you like to see. Now, is he going to have the alpha male when he gets uh, the call to Boston? Probably not, given that, uh, given all the alpha males that are on that team already. I think that guy's going to be really, really good. And it's good to see. Always had the big-time power. Uh, and it's good to see the the hit tool kind of rounding in, into form. And I think that Olympic um, experience really helped him. Imagine... You know, kind of on that team for two months, which is if you look back and all the preliminaries and the training and you know the actual experience, it's close to two months that he spent away from his team. But he's on there with Todd Frazier and a bunch of other big leaguers who are professional hitters who just really know the game and you know good dudes. And you have to believe that kind of stuff wore off, rubbed off, not wore off, rubbed off on Tristan Cassis and made him a better player. And that might, if it's true, which I think it is, then you could see what's the next Olympics. So the Olympic was supposed to be, they delayed it from 2020 to 21. So you're back in 2024, right? So 21, 22, 23. Yeah, so 24. You could see some more high-end prospects, both from Latin teams and from uh, or Latin countries, particularly the Dominican in the, in the U.S. and Canada, sending players more high-end players to have that experience. Look at J-Rod, you know, um, Julio Rodriguez, a guy who really improved his hit tool. Another guy who spent at least six weeks away from the minor leagues this year and was the star of that Dominican team. Another alpha male uh, that looks like he thrived from that experience because his hit tool went up. So, I, you know, it's just kind of thinking about that, and you know how – you know, the major leagues and baseball is such a copycat kind of sport. You see a kid who has experience by, by uh, have a positive experience and really grow by doing things one way. And many times that's, you know, that's what you see from, uh, you know, from the next development cycle. So uh, it's pretty fascinating. And when you see Tristan Cassis, if, if you have him on your fantasy team, you're going to, you're going to be very, very excited. I think there's a chance for 25 to 30 home runs in a, you know, at least a 260, maybe a 270 batting average. And a guy I think is going to get on base a lot. Uh, I, I don't think it's Freddie Freeman, but it's starting to point in that direction. One of the better first basemen, I think, the upside in the league. So very, very bullish on Tristan Cassis. <clears throat> but let's get back to the Atlanta Braves. Number 10 is Jesse Franklin. 
He was a third-round draft pick in 2020. He had a great professional debut, showed power, showed speed, but he also struck out uh, 28% of the time, which is, you know, a bit much. Um, but look, I mean, it's it's – you know, it's 24 home runs, 19 stolen bases in high A. It's a lot to like there, right? So I have a ceiling as a top 45 outfielder. Again, there's some contact risk there, uh, but assuming he can improve the contact, you know, again, at high A, striking out 28% of the time, it's not great, but it's also that magical 30%. So he's staying below that. Let's see what he does in double A. If there's a supplemental draft and not a lot of people own Jesse Franklin, he might be a guy that I'd be looking to try to acquire during my supplemental drafts that are coming up. That's Jesse Franklin. Number 11 is Spencer Schulenbach, S-C-H, Schulenbach. I think that's how you would say it, S-C-H-W-E-L-L-E-N-B-A-C-H, Schulenbach. <laughs> that's a mouthful. Uh, this was the Braves' uh, first-round draft pick from uh, University of Nebraska, second-round, excuse me, University of Nebraska. As uh, a two-way player, he did not get a stat line. I looked everywhere to see what the Braves, do they think they're going to play him at shortstop or is he going to pitch? So when he was a pitcher, he was a closer in Nebraska. Nasty slider, threw hard, 96, 97 miles an hour, uh, two-pitch pitcher. Could they develop him as a bullpen arm and, and try to move him through the system fairly quickly? That's path A, I think. Path A or path B, you know, put him at, um, you know, put him as a positional player and take a little bit longer route to get to the big leagues. The question is, is he going to hit enough? Um, and I think that's 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 what we have. So Schulenbach is interesting. Or do or third third phase is do they have him develop as both? Do they have him as, you know, a catcher, excuse me, a shortstop and a pitcher and, you know, develop him that way? You know, again, Shoei Otani to me is a unicorn. Um, So I I don't want to say that there's never going to be another guy that's a a true two-way player. I doubt that it's Shulin Wellenbach. So let's let's see when he gets to spring training. Uh, I'll check in to see what he did at the instruction. I'm sure he was there. Uh, whether he was throwing, whether he's throwing from the bump or playing shortstop. Number 12 is Jarrett Schuster, left-handed pitcher. He was the Braves' first-round draft pick in 2020. Um, he's another one of those guys that uh, has a good, solid arsenal, but does not have that um, that great plus pitch that that can get guys out when you need to fastball sits 92 to 93, not a ton of spent spin. So the fastball is a little bit flat, flat 58 and a third innings. He pitched to a 370 ERA did strike at 11 per nine walk 2.3. So, I mean, it, it solid pitchers, a lefty. So you kind of like that. I have him as a, a number four starter. That's usually what those profiles are. If you don't have that true out pitch, um, you know, it's, it's stuff is good, not great then you throw a profile of a number four starter. Number 13 is Vaughn Grissom. Um, He is a hit first prospect, not a ton of speed, not a ton of power. Kind of could be one of those 10-10 players, but the guy can flat out hit. You know, I have his, um, his ceiling as more of a utility player, so you could see him maybe as a middle infielder, a kid he wouldn't who would not uh, hurt you in a fantasy league, but not a guy that I'm looking to pick up 
and have on my dynasty league, but a kid that, because he can hit, that needs to be known and needs to be discussed. Number 14 is Joey Estes Jr. Um, he pitched really well as a 19-year-old in low A, 17 starts, a 269 ERA, struck out 12 per nine, walked less than two and a half per nine, and he is projectable, right? He needs to put on weight. I think when he puts on weight, that 92-mile-an-hour fastball could go up. So, you know, he's number 14, and who is it? Uh, Jarrett Schuster's number 12, but I have Estes Jr. as potentially a higher ceiling. Him as a top 50 starting pitcher. So a guy that there's definitely more risk associated than there is Schuster just because he's further along, higher pedigree, etc. But Estes Jr., the fact that he's probably going to put on good weight I say good weight, definitely weight and increase that fastball velocity. You could see a guy who steps up and becomes, you know, number three starter as his upside. So I, you know, my last sentence is if you like to speculate on pitchers, he's a kid that warrants some attention. So you can smell that as sleeper in this organization. Number 15 is Diego Benitez. He is one of the players expected to sign in that, uh, in, in the uh, January 2021 international signing period that starts. Uh, he is going to be one of the high um, signing guys that are out there, probably in the range of two and a half to $3 million. He's, you know, a kid that's Venezuelan shortstop, which, you know, reputations of Venezuelan shortstops, great defensively have always in general, they struggle uh, with, with power, and that they usually come in very um, quick twitch athletes with not a ton of power. And I think that's what the same thing is with Benitez. Definitely a defensive guy, uh, shortstop. It's going to be a plus defender, upside of a plus defender. And it looks like he has a real feel to hit. The question is, is he going to put on enough weight to actually get to, to any level of power? And I think that's what, uh, that's what we'll find. So, um, Diego Benitez, if you're of the persuasion that money talks in the international market, then he should be a guy that you are targeting for your supplemental drafts coming up this spring. Let's take our final break. When we get back, I will run through one more time all the players, spell the names out of guys that are talking. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
prospect quick shot. The top prospect is Christian Pache. Michael, Michael Harris was the biggest mover. And the emerging prospect is Diego Benitez. But if you want to put it as Joey Estes, okay as well. Christian Pache is the number one prospect in the system, as I just said. Um, I'm still have not given up on him. He's the lead defender. Great speed. I think there's enough bat speed that he's going to hit for power. It's going to come down to how much he hits. I think he hits enough to make it all work. That's Pache, P-A-C-H-E, Christian without the H. Michael Harris um, could argue he's got the most upside in the system. Well, upside and closest to the big leagues, even though he's only in high A, will be in double A next year. Just a ton of ability, plus runner, plenty of bat speed to, to project future power. And he can he makes great contact. There's a lot to like with Michael Harris. Drew Waters, from a pure fantasy standpoint, probably the number one guy on the list. But as I've said at nauseum, the strikeout rate is just, you know, it's it's not good. And uh, that's, that's the big concern there. But pure fantasy-wise, if you're looking for speed and power, he's the guy. Shane Lang-Leers is starting the offensive game. Is That's L-A-G-E-L-I-E-R-S. His offensive game is starting to come together, showing a little bit of power. There's a ton of strikeouts, but he's great defensively. If you tell me he's, you know, Martin Maldonado with hopefully hits more than 170, but he's Martin Maldonado gets full-time at bats and can run into 15 home runs and hit 220. That could be the player he is. Let's hope he hits 240, 250. So, yeah, guy has a chance to be a full-time regular. Don't think he has a chance to be a top five uh, catcher in the game offensively just because I think there's going to be too much swing and miss in his game. But a kid who is definitely a, a prospect now. Spencer Strider uh, saw some time in the big leagues. Um, control is not always there, has really good stuff. Not all that tall right-handed pitchers that are six feet tall sometimes move into the bullpen, so that's why I have his fantasy ceiling as a mid-rotation starter or reliever. Ryan Cusack, big kid with a lot of potential here, just dominated in 16 innings in uh, the complex league. I have him as a top 45 starting pitcher, if he, particularly if he can develop that um, that changeup and, and the Braves can work on over that changeup. It's kind of, I kind of like Ryan Cusack, C-U-S-I-A-K, like the actor. Kyle Mueller, been around for a long time. I'd love to see the Braves' movement to the bullpen and let him become a closer. Braden Shoemake, tough season last year. That's S-H-E-W-M-A-K-E, just like it sounds. Braden Shoemake, tough season last uh, last last year. But I'm not willing to give up on him. There's definitely uh, some interesting power-speed combination there. Makes decent contact, but, I mean, he was very, very aggressive at the plate. And with with an overly aggressive approach, usually doesn't end well. But I am still haven't given up hope yet. Tucker Davidson got the World Series ring, uh, pitched some meaningful innings for the Braves down the stretch. Um he doesn't have a true out pitch, but he's a lefty, and I have him as a top 40 starting pitcher. He's a guy that I kind of like, kind of a sneaky, under-the-radar kind of guy that you might look up one year and see that he's got 13 wins and a you know, 370 ERA and 170 pitches and 170 innings pitched, 165 strikeouts. He may, might be that kind of guy. So uh, interesting, interesting player on this list.
Jesse Franklin really showed some exciting fantasy level skills, 24 home runs, 19 stolen bases and high a, I think double a will be the tell here. Um, but Jesse Franklin should be owned in a lot of dynasty leagues just because of the power speed upside. Spencer shoe Wallenbach, S C H W E L L E N B A C H. I'm never going to spell it again. Is he, a, is he going to be a shortstop? Is he going to be a pitcher and therefore a reliever? I don't know, but it's an exciting kind of profile with the potential two-way player. The Braves might just decide to throw him out on the bump, let him throw hard, and move him up to the big leagues quickly or develop him as a shortstop and it'll take a little bit more time. Jarrett Schuster, uh, solid arsenal, lefty pitcher, kind of like that number four starter profile. Vaughn Grissom is a high-floor guy. Not a ton of speed, not a ton of bat speed for for future potential power, but can hit and uh, could probably play a number of positions. You see him eventually as a utility guy. Joey Esses Jr., 19-year-old kid in low A, really shoved it. Uh, pitched to a 269 ERA, struck out 12 per nine. That 92 to 93 mile an hour fastball he has, I think, is only going to get bumped up. He's my sleeper in this organization. And Diego Benitez, uh, that's Joey Estes, E-S-T-E-S, Jr. Diego Benitez, B-E-N-I-T-E-Z, will be one of the big signees coming out of Venezuela, a potential elite shortstop um, that, uh, you know, there'll be questions on how much power he eventually develops. But a guy that should be, if you play the game of um, money talks, he should be a guy that is considered for supplemental drafts. So that is it. Uh, more games this afternoon. I will try to do a podcast today. It's Thursday. I'll try to do a podcast late on Friday. Just uh, some of the players that I saw here. And last night was fantastic. That Glendale team is just remarkable. There was uh, Gilkyu Suspedas hit ninth. And he was one of the more exciting players on that team. So uh, it tells you how deep that uh, that organization is. Uh, you know, so it's just really, really good. So just a lot of fun here. I encourage everybody to get a chance to come out and uh, to the Arizona Fall League whenever, whenever it is going on, which hopefully it will be every year. Uh, just so much fun. But great doing the Brave system and a really strong system uh, that's going to go with the, obviously the world champions. So you got to like, if you're a Braves fan, you got to like what the Braves are doing. They got one world championship under their belt. They're going to resign Freddie Freeman. Don't worry about that. Uh, they've got, got the best, potentially the best player in the league and Ronald Acuna coming back. Does he come all the way back in 2022? I mean, I don't know. I mean, hopefully by mid season, late in the season, he's back to Ronald Acuna jr. Um, and then they've got all these young kids that are coming up, guys that are ready to contribute, and Pache and Drew Waters and Harris are up behind them. And some pitchers that could be useful players, and Spencer Strider and, and you know, et cetera. So there, it's, it's, it's a really nice organization, particularly if you're a fan of the Braves because you've got to like what they're doing. Uh, that is it. We will talk to you guys later.